I'm Carmen Lave Jenkins, Managing Editor of the International Journal of Stroke. In the prospective observational study, Changes in Spleen Size in Patients with Acute Ischemic Stroke, published online and in the Feb 2013 edition of IJS, the authors measured daily spleen sizes with abdominal ultrasound in 30 patients with suspected acute ischemic stroke with an aim to characterize splenic responses in AIS patients. I spoke to authors Dr. Farhan Fahidi and Dr. Sean Savitz from the University of Texas Medical School, Houston and UT Health about this novel preliminary study. Thanks for speaking to us. What made you look at the spleen? Animal studies have uh, been coming out over the past uh, few years uh, that indicate that after a stroke, the spleen reduces in size. And uh, with that reduction in size, uh, there is a release of inflammatory cells from the spleen uh, that are believed to contribute to, to secondary injury after a stroke. So in a sense, these animal studies are suggesting that the spleen is contributing uh, to the inflammatory response and further damage uh, that occurs after a stroke. And so we became interested uh, in looking at the spleen from the concept of validating whether there's a biological role for the spleen um, in patients with stroke. But also we are... Uh, uh, we have a focus in, in our research looking at the potential therapeutic effects of stem cells and the intravenous injection of different types of stem cells. Some of that work has shown in, in some of the work that we've, uh, that we've done. It looks to us like uh, these, a number of these cells end up actually going to the spleen. And there's some emerging work uh, from our group and from others that suggests that stem cells may actually be exerting some of the therapeutic effects in animal models by actually dampening down that inflammatory response that's emanating from the spleen. So in thinking about whether the spleen might be a target someday for, for a therapy in stroke, uh, we wanted to first look at the responses of the spleen after stroke in patients. Does this phenomenon that's been uh, characterized in animals, does it actually occur in patients? And so that's why we were looking at a prospective study, as we did, characterizing uh, responses of the spleen after stroke. And so our, our initial attempt uh, at looking at the spleen has been to look at the size. Um, we have a, a large ultrasound laboratory um, in our uh, stroke program. And uh, our ultrasound laboratory is focused at looking at, at cerebral blood flow, but uh, we have acquired the training to measure the spleen size and so our first attempt was to look and see whether indeed there are changes in the spleen volume um, over time uh, in patients with stroke. And also we were collecting uh, some markers of inflammation, including white blood cells, um, and we were able to look at the correlations between um, what's happening to the spleen in terms of its size and uh, uh, the, the outcomes that we were looking at were the patient's outcomes clinically, and also uh, the white blood cell response um, after stroke. So how did you recruit for this study? We, we built this project up, and um, as Dr. Savage was explaining, yeah, we, we, we thought to do this prospective observational uh, design. Um, and in thinking about this, we thought we, we came up with a subset of inclusion and exclusion criteria, uh, essentially uh, going back through the literature and 
uh, thinking what we need to exclude in terms of uh, other factors that could that could influence an isplanic contraction or some kind of an isplanic response. And so all the patients who come to our uh, stroke center here at the Texas Medical Center, uh, we would approach them, both subset of the strokes, ischemic strokes and hemorrhagic strokes, uh, who would qualify for our trial, um, and we would uh, consent them. And then what our aim was, one of the aims was to see how soon would we uh, capture a splenic response after a stroke. So we went forward with our strategy of enrolling these patients in an acute time window of less than six hours from the stroke onset. Uh, so we would take those patients who would get to us in good time um, and we would uh, consent them. And essentially from there on, we would start serially making isplanic uh, abdominal ultrasounds to assess isplanic volumetric changes. But at the same time, we would uh, do their daily clinical assessments as well, as well as periodic um, blood work for their inflammatory markers and uh, white blood cells. Um, so their enrollment was uh, through our um, stroke service in which the patients would come um, and we would consent them and then follow them up. The study numbers seem small. Did that give you enough information? Well, so this was a preliminary study. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, you know, the numbers uh, that were obtained were really for a pilot study. Um, so we could look at, you know, at an initial characterization of the splenic response. Um, and so the information that we obtained will help us to be able to, to adequately power kind of the next stage of our work. Um, so I think not knowing what uh, would be really any of the we really didn't know up front, you know, to what extent the spleen might reduce in size uh, or whether, you know, what, what the responses of it would be as time went on. So in order to have an adequately powered study, I think one first needs to gather some information first more on a pilot stage. Uh, and I think that, and that's really what our intention was. And so what kind of impact on clinical practice could a positive outcome for this sort of trial have, do you think? Well, I think, you know, we're still at an early stage in this work. Um, uh, so the data suggests to us that we need to uh, go further and collect more patients um, as uh, there are a number of different variables that might impact uh, the response of the screen after stroke. Um, and so, you know, the, the impact of this work, I think, is not fully recognized yet, uh, but it already, in terms of the data uh, that's come out for this paper, seems to suggest to us that there may be some potential here to be able to develop new therapeutic approaches uh, that could target the spleen um, and work on kind of that secondary inflammatory response. Um, and so, again, we're only still in an early stage, uh, but that's where we see this work going. I did want to make a few other points. One is that it's important that to acknowledge um, the first author uh, that shared the first author position uh, with uh, with Dr. Vahidi. Uh, so Dr. Priti Sahoda uh, was a, uh, a fellow that was in the neurology department at the time, and um, she had really uh, worked hard um, to collect patients and was a, a, an important uh, participant in the research that we were doing here. So I just want to make sure that we 
um, acknowledge that. Also, I also wanted to just point out that this paper also contains information about uh, healthy volunteers. And um, we think that's important as well because we don't really uh, know what the response of the spleen is on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and so I think it was important for us that we collected the uh, same amount of information about the spleen size in normal people as we did in stroke patients. That was really kind of the first step in this regard, which is to understand better the day-to-day -day variation of the spleen, uh, because that's what we were uh, looking at with regards to stroke patients. Um, and so we saw that there was a lot less variation in the size of the spleen from day-to-day -day, uh, compared to stroke patients, in which we saw substantial changes in spleen size. And, you know, the data overall would seem to suggest that, you know, compared to healthy volunteers, we're seeing potentially there's a drop in the overall spleen size by some, some degree. And then we're seeing this what looks to us like a significant re-expansion of the spleen that's occurring in the days afterwards, um, after a stroke. You've been listening to an International Journal of Stroke interview with Dr. Farhan Vahidi and Dr. Sean Savitz from the University of Texas Medical School, Houston, and UT Health. The International Journal of Stroke is the flagship publication of the World Stroke Organization. Please consider becoming a member.